Take your Bibles with me and turn to John chapter 14 tonight. John chapter 14. We're in a series that we've titled on Wednesday nights, Power in That Name. Again, looking at the names of Jesus throughout the scripture and realizing that he's trying to teach us some things about him and actually direct our lives through his name. Many times the, the names that we read in the scripture, we just go on past them, but really there's so much there for us to understand. He's trying to teach us to live for him, but he's showing himself through his names also, but he's given us direction through his names. And many times we, we look at it and we don't realize that, it is, that it's his name or his title, but there's so many. In fact, I've got, we'll, we'll not preach through all of them in this series because there is so many of them uh, that we would have to reference, but uh, we're, we're trying to cover several of them. And so in John chapter 14, uh, we're going we're gonna to look at some tonight. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. We're going to begin reading in verse 1, and this is a very familiar portion of Scripture here. Uh, often preached from, and, and this verse that we're going to deal with is, is often preached from and, and quoted. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way you know, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And here he is laying out three of his titles or names for you and I to look at to teach us something about him. There in verse 6 it says, Jesus saith to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh in the Father but by me. I'd like to preach the message, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking for your hand to be upon this service. Lord, I know that many times we take for granted the names of God and we just look over them and we just go on. But help us to take and may it enrich our hearts and minds and our lives and help us to grow in you and help us to know you in a greater way just as we would know somebody better by their names that they would share with us and their titles that would tell us something about them. And so, Lord, as we look at this tonight, Lord, may it tell us some very important aspects about you and about us and the direction you want us to go. Thank you for loving us. Bless now the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus reveals so much right here in these three uh, names or, or titles or practical names and and with it, he also reveals an understanding right here that, that we need to grasp and everybody needs to grasp. And that is that no man comes to the Father but by Jesus. Absolutely no other way. Uh, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can look through the scripture and do whatever you want to do. You can say, well, you know, baptism or you can say church membership or you can say good works. This verse right here knocks it all in the head. He said, there is no other way. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, period. It ends it. It settles it right there. Today, many have written this verse off because of that. They, and you say, written off? Well, in many ways they do. They've written it out of their thinking. They, they bypass it as though it doesn't exist. Seeking to come to the Father by some other means and to live 
by some other standard and believe some other word. Thinking that all is well. That they can do what they want to do. They can put together some type of little good works or some type of thing or churchy looking thing or churchy things in their life and think that that's going to get them to heaven. But in John chapter 14 in verse 6 it says, No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so it ends the discussion on that. You see, Jesus emphatically proclaims that the only way, the only truth, and the only life that will bring you to the Father is Him. That's it. That's it. If you begin to look at that, that verse, there's a, a three-letter word in there that we look, overlook at many times. and it's a, In the Greek, it's an article. It's, it's actually an adjective. It's the word the. And it's so important in this verse. Again, we take the words for granted, but when you look at it, it's so important here in this verse. Let me read it again. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Okay? It's so important that we put that together. He's not just a person who shows a way to the Father. He is personally the way. He's not just someone telling the truth, but He is the truth. You cannot separate Him from truth. He, he wasn't just stating that He was alive at that time. He is the source of life. He's the giver of life. Without Him, there is no life. You go down to the, to the, to the, basis, uh, the, the very base plant life. He gave life to that in the creation in the beginning. He's the giver of life. He spoke everything into existence. He is the giver of life. And through Him and only through Him is it possible to come unto the Heavenly Father. He makes the way to the Heavenly Father an eternal way a very narrow way. It's very narrow. You know, in fact, the Scripture says that straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Talking about uh, coming into the presence of God, coming in in salvation, uh, having eternal life. He says it's narrow. And right here, Jesus Christ himself is making it very, very narrow, saying, I'm the only way. There's no other way. You cannot get to heaven any other way. He's become, dog you say, well, he's dogmatic about that. Yes, he is. Can I tell you that truth is dogmatic? Otherwise, it's not truth. You say, well, I don't quite understand. Well, let me put it to you this way. When I was in school, I had a dogmatic teacher that taught me, of all things, that two plus two equals four. It didn't matter whether you had two cows plus two cows. It was four cows. It didn't matter whether it was two apples plus two apples. It was four apples. The nerve of her. And if it was money, $2 plus $2 was $4. Well, I found out in life that there was a reason that she was dogmatic about that. Because that is truth. It's real. You can't change truth. And so truth is dogmatic. If you don't believe me, go talk to my banker. He says $2 plus $2 is $4. Plus, if you look at it this way, he'll also tell you $2 minus $2 is no dollars. He was looking at my checking account. 
No. The fact is, is that it's truth. And truth has to be dogmatic. There is no give a little here and give a little there with truth. It's either truth or it's a lie. There's no in-between. And yet today, Christians and the lost world want you to give a little here and give a little there on the truth of God's Word. And God says, no, there's only one way of salvation. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Settled. Dogmatic about it. Well, you know what? That's a good thing. Because you know where you stand. The bottom line is tonight, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are lost and you are on your way to a devil's hell. You say, preacher, that's pretty dogmatic. It's truth. It's truth. And truth is dogmatic. You can go to church your whole life. You could even join the church. You can be baptized. You can do good works. But until you have come and change of heart and received Jesus Christ as your Savior with your heart, you're going to the devil's hell. It's called truth. It's called truth. And Jesus Christ wanted to make sure and make it plain. And I don't think you can get any plainer than that, than what he made it and laid it out for us. And we look here, Jesus is the way. Look at this with me. Verse 6, he says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. This is a title. This is a name, if you, if you would. You see, you might get out here on the highway and take 65 south, hit 70 highway, and go west, and you'll make it to Kansas City. You can go up here, and, and you can hit, uh, go out uh, another highway, and you can go west, and you can make it to Kansas City. You can go down here to Sedalia and you can, you can take, the, what is that, 54 that, that goes towards Warrensburg and, and, and you can go that way and you can go on to Kansas City. Guess what? You can go all the way to, to, to uh, uh, Springfield and you can go west and you can go up, I think it's 13 or whatever it is, and you can go to Kansas City. There's several ways that you can get to Kansas City from here. Say, well, but preacher, the best way is to go out here and hit 70 go. I understand that. There's ways like that. You can do that. You can do the same thing going to St. Louis. There's many ways. You can get an airplane and fly from here to Kansas City. You can get on a bus and ride from here to Kansas City. You might find a train in Sedalia and ride to Kansas City. There's many ways of getting to Kansas City. Uh, you can walk and get to Kansas City. You can ride a bicycle. You can get on a moped. You can ride a camel. You can get to Kansas City from here. But when it comes to getting to heaven, and when it comes to eternal life, Jesus said, there's one way. He said, there's not a multitude of ways. He said, you're not going to go around this way and make it there. He said, you're not going to go around this way and make it there. He said, you're not going to do it this way and you're not going to do it that way. He said, I'm the way. And so he lays out for us there that, he, that uh, the way of salvation is him and him only. We understand that. 
But I believe that in this verse, I believe that he also gives us an application about his title of way. And I believe that would be that, I believe that we're also to find the application here that our lives after salvation in Jesus Christ, so many times we, we, we mess things up by trying to do it our way instead of God's way. I'm talking about a Christian now. There's this title of, of, of way. He is the way. He has a way for every person in this room to live for Him. He is the way. And we're to live after Him. In Proverbs 21, 2, it says, Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. You see, many times we, we look at something and we think, well, I'll do it this way. I'll live this way. Now, wait a minute. Is it His way? Or is it your way? That's what we've got today as Christians. We're trying to set things up our way to live for God instead of His way. We're not living His way. We're living our way. We're doing what we want to do. We find over in Isaiah 55 and verse 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts, the Lord speaking here, He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we got to realize that there is a way that God has for us to live. You can sit here and you can moan and groan about it and you say, oh, that's legalism. It's not legalism. There is a way that God will bless and there is a way that God will not bless as you live. And we've got to make up our minds. Do we want the blessings of God? Do we want the hand of God on our life? And if we say, yes, I do, then you're going to have to get in that book and see the way that Jesus Christ is and live the way that the Bible teaches us to live, to live for him, to see the blessings of God. He's not going to bless you if you're not going to live for him. People don't like, the, don't like preachers talking about that. It's going back to that, that uh, dogmatic truth. He's the way. And he's not only the way of salvation, but he is the way that we are to live and to follow him. Jesus, the way, is not only the way of eternal life, but, uh, but is the way that we're to go in through this life, to live this life. The psalmist said in Psalms 37, verse 23 and 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We could stop right there. That's enough to understand that he has a way for us to live. Otherwise, here's what, come here, why Real quick. It'd be like this, okay? Wyatt, step right there. <clears throat> Take one foot and put it right beside that right there. Pick up the other foot and set it right there. Now, put that foot back down on the ground right there. Take your left foot, step one foot forward. Take your right foot, one foot forward. Your left foot, one foot forward. Your right foot, one foot forward. Your left foot, half a foot, half a, half a step. Turn to your left. Shake hands with Ronnie. I ordered his steps and what he was to do. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I know this is maybe an over-exaggeration, but it's not either. Thank you, Wyatt. Because what he's doing is he's trying to teach us his way, to live for him his way. You know how, how we ought to do it? 
That's man's way. Mm-hmm. You did that to my daddy, he'd have went. <laughs> God has a way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He directs those steps. But listen to the rest of, of the verses there. The rest of that verse says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Whose way is he talking about? He's not talking about the man's way. He's talking about his way. Goes on, he says, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Do you want the Lord to catch you when you fall? Then walk, excuse me, then walk in his way. Walk after his steps. Because every one of us, I don't care who you are, and I don't care how much you try to walk in his steps and walk in his way, you're going to stumble. But you know what? When you stumble, since you're walking in his way, the Bible says he upholdeth you with his hand. He keeps you from utterly falling and going into destruction. Boy, I tell you what, when you start to think about, man, things are a lot better when you live and walk after his way. You see, if we want the blessings of the Lord in our in and on our lives, we must walk in the way of the Lord. Then Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Do you know why so many Christians are, are falling apart and falling away from God? Because they're not walking in the way of God. They're walking in a way that seemeth right unto them. They're trying to figure, they're trying to figure the ways around what God says to do. And they're trying to do it their way. That's why we got a lot of this modern liberal Christianity that's, that churches are, are, are turning into rock concerts and, and turning the lights down low and, 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 and strumming and, and, and singing and, and doing all kinds of things that, that they do in a nightclub. Preacher, I thought they was having a worship service. That's what they think they're doing too. Show it to me in the Bible. Number one, they start turning lights down. You know what the Bible says? Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Why would you turn the lights down? Jesus said that he is the darkness. No. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. Go over and one of the names that I almost preached on tonight was that Jesus is the bright and morning star. The bright and morning star is this. Early of a morning, right before the sun comes up, the bright and morning star is there. He precedes the light. Jesus loves light. He is light. He talks about light in the, the life of every man. And the fact is, is that we've got to these places that we're doing our services in many churches our way, not his way. We've got to get back to his way and, and, and doing what he says. You see, we must be as Jesus and be adamant about the walk in his way and the, the path by which he directs us. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6, and I, that's part of the verses that I, I claim is my life's verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding in all thy Ways, acknowledge Him, 
And what? And he shall direct thy paths. You see the connection with acknowledging him in the way that you live, the way that you walk, the things that you do with your life. He said, then I will direct your path. And he's going to lead you down the path of blessing and, and strength. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials and, and, and difficulties and struggles because that's part of the Christian life. But he'll be with you as, he, as you go down that path. So we're to live according to the way. Jesus is the way. Then notice there, he is not only the way, but he is the truth. He says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the standard of truth. By him all things must be proved to be true. If Thomas, Thomas he, he, he's a builder, he sells buildings now. And let's say he goes out and, and a man says, okay, he said, I, 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 want the, I've, I put stakes in the ground out here. This is how big a building I want. Thomas says, well, how big is that? He said, well, I'm not really sure. I know this is all that I can get in here. And so, and so Thomas does this. Oh, I think it'll probably be about a, about a 75 wide. Say, so what's he going off of? His feelings of how much he steps off? You see, a lot of men, they can step off and they'll be real close to, to three foot. But is that the standard? No, the standard is a tape measure. Because it doesn't change. Your stride and your step, especially as you get older, your stride gets closer. <laughs> your step may get larger as you have more turned down for foot. And so it changes. But the tape measure never changes. It's the standard. Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the standard for truth. Amen. Our problem today is, is that in the world in which we live in, people think truth is fluid and it changes. In fact, it's called situation ethics. It's been around, that, that term's been around since I was in grade school. And they taught situation ethics. Now we're living by situation ethics. It's this. The standard is this. If it don't really work for you, then it's okay. It may work for somebody else. It may rule over you, but it doesn't necessarily rule over somebody else. It's a changing standard all the time. And we're living in that day and time when truth has become that way. We live in a pretty precarious time where there's very little that you can believe by what the media says or by those in high places of leadership. Basically, you don't know who to believe anymore. And that's just the bottom line. Even Isaiah spoke in his day of that happening. And it's so true in our day. And you really ought to go back, homework for you. You ought to go back and read Isaiah 59. But in Isaiah 59 and verse 14, it says, And judgment is turned away backward. Sound familiar? And justice standeth afar off. Not going to handle it. Not going to touch it. Going to leave it alone. 
For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Today we live in a day and time where truth has fallen in the street. The truth. We're living in a time when most do not know what real truth is, and, and because they don't know what truth is, they're just like Pilate was in his day. You remember Pilate when they brought Jesus before Pilate? And Pilate was trying to question him there. In John 18 and verse 37 it says, Pilate therefore said unto him, talking to Jesus, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou saidest, I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world, that, thou, that I should bear witness unto truth, unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? What is truth? Do you know why Pilate didn't understand? Because he also had rejected Jesus Christ. He had rejected truth. And so therefore he said, What is truth? And in his own eyes, in his own mind, what he was saying is, What I decide to be truth will be truth. We're living in a day and time when that's what man is doing. What I decide to be true, that's what is truth. But my friend, that's not the case. When you stand before the Lord, only the real truth is going is to come out. Many are blinded from truth because they don't have truth in their hearts. They don't have Jesus Christ in their hearts. Do you remember? Jesus said, I am the way. And let me back up. I am the truth. So therefore, in order to know truth, you have to have truth in your heart. What is truth in your heart? It's Jesus Christ. You must be born again to absolutely understand and know real truth. The lost world doesn't understand truth. Never has. It's because they have rejected truth. If how can you understand truth if you reject it at its highest level? The highest level of truth is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth. He said, I'm the truth. And so when people reject Jesus Christ, they're rejecting truth. You see, many are blinded from the truth because they don't have that truth in their hearts. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth that all might be saved. In John chapter 8 and verse 32 he said, and ye shall know the truth. Hmm. What do we ask people? If I walked up to Si, I said, Si, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you? Yes. Do you want what he just said? I know the truth. Amen. Because Jesus is truth. And that's what we ask many times. Do you know the truth. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If, if people would understand, you could walk up and say, do you know the truth? And you could easily say, yes, I received Him such and such time. Amen. Because Jesus is truth. But until we receive truth, Jesus Christ into our hearts, notice what He says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you Free. Who can set you free from sin? Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Who can give you 
freedom to, to live without fear? Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Who can give you the freedom to enjoy uh, 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 living for God? Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can set you free. My friend, understand this. Truth will set you free. Do you want when you are fearful and, and there's fear in your life, do you know what you need to do? You need to look at truth. Well, what's the truth? That Jesus saved me. He said he would save me. I asked him to save me. I knew I did with my heart. And therefore, he said that he would save me. And I know that he's truth. He didn't lie about it. So therefore, why should I fear death? Why should I fear eternity? And it'll set you free from fear. It'll set you free from, from the bondage of this world trying to, to put you down and to smash you down and to cancel you in your Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. Oh, what a bunch of wackos. We got a lot more problems than Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss and the Muppets. We got the Muppets running. Oh, never mind. Anyway, we, <laughs> the truth it'll set you free. My friend, if you're bound up with problems and struggles and worries, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, that truth will set you free. Yeah, but preacher, I've got this ahead of me. I've got this ahead of me and this ahead of me. Can I tell you something? Truth will tell you this. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? Well, I could die. Is that so bad if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? That's what truth will tell you. No, you're not looking for it. You don't want it. And I don't care about the process. But the bottom line is that why should I fear it? Because I have truth. Truth sets you free. And so many times today, and he's trying to get us to understand, I've given you truth. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Satan will come along and he'll whisper in your ear and he'll whisper little lies in your ear and little, little things about this and little things about that. He'll try to discourage you and he'll whisper this and get you to thinking this and get you to thinking that. And it's all lies. What do you do, preacher? You get into truth. And you compare it. Well, now, is, I, I know that this is truth. I know Jesus Christ is true. What he said to me, is it in truth? Satan doesn't like truth. And he'll take off running. He'll come back another day and he'll lie to you again. But truth will set you free. It'll give you that freedom. You see, it's our job as Christians to stand with truth, to share truth, to live truth before the lost world's eyes, that they might receive truth and be saved. That's our problem today. We're not living out truth. Many Christians are living, I'm sorry to say it, many Christians are living a lie. Because if they're not living according to the way and the truth, they're living a lie. They're saying they're saved, but they're living like the lost world. That is a lie. They don't go together. So it's a lie. And so we've got to live truth before their eyes. When Christians like, live like the world, they're living a lie. It's time for Christians to get back to the, to the book, to the God's Word, and, 
and begin to live truth. In John 17, 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What does sanctify mean? Oh, hold it. No, it means to separate them out. Set them apart for the service of God. He's saying set them out, out with truth, with the word of God. Set them aside to be used by God. That's to be sanctified, is to be set apart, to be used of God. You say, well, preacher, that's for you and for the deacons and for mission. No, that's for every born-again Christian. To be sanctified, to set, be set apart, to be used by God. And the way he does it is with truth. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And when it's talking about rightly dividing, it means rightly studying it and applying it to our lives. Christians, listen to me. We've got to begin to take the truth, God's word, and apply it to our lives and live according to truth. That's how we walk in the way is through truth. Sad fact is, many Christians are not living by truth. They're living by opinion, by their opinion. Their opinion of how a Christian's supposed to live. Their opinion on how they should live and not God's word of truth. Then the last one there, he says that he's life. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the giver of life. He's the source of life. And in him there is life eternal. Life, but life even more than eternal life. Many times when we think about God giving us life, we think about eternal life. But he says, I give unto you something else in life. He says, I give you abundant life. And he's talking about right now. Too many Christians think that and are waiting to get to heaven to have an abundant life. That's not God's plan. Every one of you here, including me, God wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to live for Him. He wants us to enjoy the, 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 the Christian life. He wants us to enjoy the blessings of God. He wants us to, to enjoy the Word of God. He wants us to enjoy the fellowship with God's people now. He wants us to enjoy singing those songs. He wants us to enjoy prayer time together. He wants us to enjoy uh, uh, gathering around the Word of God. He wants us to enjoy just the fellowship of God's people even. He said, I want to give you abundant life. Not just life. And John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that's eternal life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Otherwise, yes, eternal life, but so much more beyond just eternal life. You say, just eternal Yeah, there's so much more. And God says, I want you to experience that life now. Don't wait until, until you die to enjoy it. Don't wait until you, you get to heaven to begin to praise the Lord. Don't wait until uh, you get to heaven to, 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 to realize the blessings of God that He has there. He's got blessings for you now, and He wants you to enjoy Him now, and He wants you to have that abundant life now. Amen. This new life that we have after salvation is a gift from God. 
one of blessing and one of joy if we live for Him. It's, it's a life which we should be able to live without regrets one day because of how we live it now. Folks, listen to me. Don't, don't live and so that you've got regrets one day before you get ready to die. And I've known Christians who I've talked to them and, and they've got regrets. I'm not talking about before they got saved. I'm talking about the regrets after they were saved for not living for God. Not serving Him. Not giving their life more fully to Him. Don't live so that you got regrets one day. And say, oh, I wish I had of, I wish I would have, I wish I, there had been. You see, it's a life which we should be able to live without the regrets. This life that we, ha ha that we have through salvation has been so graciously given through Jesus Christ is an opportunity. You know, all of us like opportunities. We like those opportunities that, boy, you think, man, this is a great opportunity. Well, you see, this life that He's given us is an opportunity to bring honor and glory to the one who died for us that we might have eternal life. And so it's an opportunity to bring honor and glory to His name. When you come in here and, uh, and to the services, you know what? It's an opportunity for you to worship Him. It's an opportunity as, as a group to, to magnify Him, to glorify Him, to lift Him up. When, when we take, a, uh, uh, take time and have testimonies, it's an opportunity to stand up and brag on Him and glorify Him. In front of God's people, it's an opportunity. Amen. This life that He's given us is an opportunity to bring glory to His name. It's an opportunity to bring others to the Savior an opportunity to see people get saved all around us people are dying without Jesus Christ probably the saddest thing that and most of us just block it out of our mind but the saddest thing in, that you could actually think of probably today is the fact that thousands and thousands of people died without Jesus Christ today that's sad God's given us an opportunity to share the gospel. God has given us an opportunity to, to see people receive Christ as their Savior. And we need to be faithful to get the gospel to them. We can't make them get saved, but we've, we can be faithful to get the gospel to them. It's an opportunity to be a blessing to others. You know what? One of the, a lot of times we don't stop and think about this. You know, you have an opportunity. Each day you have an opportunity to maybe call somebody and talk to them. Man, we got cell phones. We got, we got all kinds of communication. We got computers. We got Snapchat. We got, we got Facebook. We've got all these different things. We got Messenger and everything. And, and all we can say, blah, 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 and it's gone. And, and, and we can be a blessing to somebody. And you can send them one of those little memes that make them look happy and, and make them laugh about something. And you can be a blessing to somebody. When's the last time you just sit down maybe with the text and just, hey, I'm praying for you. Appreciate you. Gone. How long did it take you to do that? person on the other end is, oh, somebody was thinking about me. Somebody's praying for me. What a blessing. We have an opportunity, folks, to be a blessing to one another. When's the last time you just walked up to somebody in the auditorium and said, hey, man, man, it's good to see you. And good to see you, Why? I know basketball season's over, man, but that's okay. Play ball all summer long. 
I'll tell you what, you guys, I'll tell you what, you're getting so big, I'll tell you what, my lands. <laughs> Try to be a blessing. Try to encourage. Can you stop and think about Jesus Christ when he was walking the face of this earth? He took time to go to people. They came to him, but he went to them. Remember the woman at the well? He said, I needs go by Samaria. How come? There was a woman he knew would be at the well. And she needed Jesus Christ. Opportunity to be a blessing. Opportunity to reach the lost. An opportunity to serve the Lord now. While we have time. Galatians, 20, or Galatians 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, are you putting this together? The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I'm living for Jesus Christ because he lives in me, because he gave his life for me. So I'm going to live for him. We must understand this is not my life to live, but it's the life which belongs unto the Lord, which I'm to live for, for him. This body belongs to him. Everything here belongs to him. And I'm to live for him. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15 says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Hmm. He said, after you get saved, he said, you're not to live unto yourself, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5.15. We're to live for him. Yes, he is the author of life. He's the giver of life. He's the source of life. But he is to live in and through us, and we're to live for him. See, Jesus is the way of life, the truth of life, and the life that we should live for his honor and glory, even now. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Help us to live for you. Help us to, to take the truth. Help us to share the truth. Help us to go the way that you'd have us to go, Lord, and live the way you'd have us to live. And Lord, I pray that this life, Lord, it would be full of you. And Lord, that we would take the opportunities that you have poured into this life. That we might live and bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior, help them to understand what you said in that verse, that no man cometh unto the Father but by you, by Jesus Christ. They can, they can look at all their little professions of faith. Unless they have received you with their heart, they're not saved. Unless they have received you, there is no hope. Lord, help them to realize that church membership won't save them, that works won't save them. 
It's only through Jesus Christ and His shed blood at Calvary. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with us now in this invitation. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight with your heads bowed?